How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer Daily News Updates for Wednesday, November the 10th. Hey, for those of you listening on ALEXA, my apologies for the repeat episode yesterday, but thankfully it wasn't a news show. We just talked about all the games that are coming out this month. Similar to yesterday, there actually wasn't a lot of news today, but I've got a few things to talk about, so let's get into it. First things first, I want to tell you about Shin Megami Tensei 5, which is going to be releasing this Friday, November the 12th, on the Nintendo Switch. So reviews are now available, they've been available for a while, but I thought I should wait a little bit till we were closer to release. And I think it's fair to say that people have said good things about this game, and it has certainly reviewed well overall. Now, if you don't know, this is the first numbered entry in the series since 2013, but it was also one of the first Nintendo Switch exclusives ever announced, so it's kind of been a long time coming. It is a turn-based JRPG where you collect demons in a very Pokemon-like fashion, except unlike Pokemon, there's a lot more going on with these demons. For example, in order to capture them, you often have to have, like, dialogues with them, or help them out in some way. And the game also never encourages you to actually stay with just one set of demons. They want you constantly combining them, and upgrading them, and swapping them out, depending on who you're fighting. They want you experimenting constantly. Shin Megami Tensei is also very well known for being a difficult series, and apparently that remains true. You can go into different areas of the game and get just absolutely stomped if you don't take the time to either grind and get as many levels as you can in the previous areas, or if you make no attempt to learn the weaknesses of your enemies and you want to try and just brute force it, it's not going to work. So there was lots of love for the individual demons, for the graphics and the design, for the quality of life updates. Lots of them mentioned how it improves on some things from previous entries. And of course, because this game was developed by Atlas, there was some inevitable comparisons to the Persona franchise. And I think in general is pretty much agreed, like, all the people who reviewed the game who also played Persona preferred the Persona franchise, but that the game was enjoyable nonetheless. Here's a summary from IGN, quote, With extensive and satisfying party customization, excellent combat, and challenging enemies, Shin Megami Tensei V never left me feeling bored or burned out across its epic length. Exploration and platforming sections lend some much-needed variety when you're fighting so many similar battles in a row. I just couldn't shake the feeling that this was Persona without the heart, without the unforgettable companion characters, the potent personal story, the incredible soundtrack, and the jaw-dropping twists and turns. Still, if you're looking for a meaty, demanding, endlessly deep, and overall outstanding JRPG to sink your teeth into, Shin Megami Tensei V has heaping portions of it. End quote. So there you go, once again coming out this Friday on the Switch. Okay, you might remember a while ago, Gearbox announced the newest entry in the Borderlands universe. It's not a Borderlands game, but it is a Borderlands-adjacent game, I suppose called Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Now, Tiny Tina is a character that was in the Borderlands franchise, and in preparation for the launch of that game, they have taken the DLC for Borderlands 2 that was all about her, and they have made it a standalone title on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. So you can get just that standalone piece of DLC from from 2013 for $10, or you can go to the Epic Game Store and get it for free for the next week. I think this is pretty cool. It's a great way to get into the vibe of of that world, if if that's what you like to do. And it's either $10 or free, which is always, uh, always a plus. 
The newest game from the League of Legends franchise has also been announced, and it's called Hextech Mayhem. Now, this is actually a rhythm platformer developed by the folks who made the Bit Trip series. So Bit Trip Runner is the big one, but it was basically just a popular series of games that were rhythm-based. Of course, this is the next step in Riot Games really expanding the League of Legends franchise, and it comes under the label of Riot Forge, which they call these experiences that are completable, as opposed to the new games they come out with that are endless, like their card game, or their auto battler, or their fighting game, whatever. So that's pretty neat. Uh, Hextech is going to be available on November 16th, that's next week, Tuesday, on PC, the Nintendo Switch, and through Netflix's mobile game service, which they just recently launched, so that's pretty neat too. Okay, and folks, that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in, it's super, super appreciated. Of course, I will be back with the news tomorrow, as I always am, and until next time, happy gaming, everyone. It's the TGO After Show, hello and welcome. Hey, you know what I did today? I played Forza Horizon 5, as promised, on, on day one. Not many games that I play on day one these days. Uh, and it is it is as good as everybody says it is, you know? I'm not a racing guy at all. Uh, and I think I'm not going to be spending a ton of time in this game because I'm not a racing guy. But it's super, super clear that they just want you to have fun in this game. Whatever fun means to you. If you're a hardcore racing fan, then there is so much stuff in there for you. There's so many cars. There's so many different ways of tuning those cars. I was actually really mind blown at like, oh yes, you can adjust the traction of your front right tire and the balance of your back two tires and the tilt that there are like, you can, you can customize the crap out of it to such fine detail that my brain would never be able to understand if I wasn't uh, super into cars, which I'm not. Or on the other hand, for people like me who have no idea why you would ever touch something like that, or okay, I shouldn't say that. I mean would have no idea where to start with something like that, then uh, then you can just play the game, you know? They just give you a car, and they, they put a number on it, and they're like, hey, this car is faster than this car, and I go, okay, I'll choose that one then. Or if you enter a race, they'll give you like a recommended car out of the selection of cars that you have available to you. And I go, great. And then I do my race, and I win, and the game goes, good job, you did it. <laughs> oh my god, there's so many accessibility options. So many, it's insane. They're going to be adding ASL interpretation to the game soon, which I think is like the first game to ever do that. And there's a lot of dialogue in this game. So, you know, it's a lot of work to put that in. And it's just fun. It's just fun. It makes you feel good. They start you off in the game with like four, like basically the tutorial is just to show off how cool the game looks. And so they have you like driving through a volcano and jumping off of ramps and driving a really awesome sports car, and all that stuff. Like, they, they just throw the best at you as a, as a teaser to the open world that they provide. And then they go, okay, go do it. It's so good. It's awesome. I love just driving around. Especially the volcano. That was super, that was dope. Graphically, oh my god, it looks so good as well. So, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I played it. I If you have the Game Pass, I would encourage you to try it. Even Like I said, even if you're not a racing person, just to see how great it looks, and how positive it is. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I would have paid full price for the game just because I'm stingy. And if I'm going to pay full price for a game like this, then I want it to be my kind of game. And for a lot of racing game fans, this will be your kind of game. But, you know, I'm not huge on racing, as as mentioned. As mentioned. 
Anyway, the other thing I wanted to bring up was League of Legends, because I think what they're doing is so cool. And I've always thought what they're doing is so cool. You want to talk about living through an IP really establishing itself? It's what we're doing right now. We're living through it. In 20 years, League of Legends is going to be huge. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm not going to be like, it's, it's going to be the next Mario, because it's not. It's going to be something different than that. But I, but I think they're doing it better than Mario, right? With Mario, they just make Mario games. They had a movie, a couple of movies. But what else do they do? Not much. League of Legends? I mean, they're making movies. They're making television shows. They're making fictional bands and then making actually amazing music. And then putting those, those fictional bands into the video game and telling people, go play these characters in the game. Like, what? I still love KDA. I think it's so cool. They're making standalone experiences with rhythm platformers. And then they're making the best versions of all of the most popular live service genres. Card games and auto battlers and MOBAs and mobile MOBAs and first person shooters. Like, what the heck, man? How, how are they knocking it out of the park? How do they get it when nobody else gets it? <laughs> okay, maybe not nobody else, but they get it, right? It's such a shame that there's been so many issues with that company. You know, you can't ignore all of the stuff that is still going on at Riot in terms of workplace harassment, discrimination, etc. And I really hope that, uh, I mean, Riot and all of the companies are able to improve that, turn it around, make it a good place to work. Anyway, I guess I'm out of time now, eh? Thanks for being here. Hope you're well, and take care. <laughs>